Hey everyone, today's episode of Product Explained is brought to you by Exponent. Interested in pursuing a career in tech? Exponent can help you with coaching, courses, and community for aspiring young professionals. Check out Exponent today at www.tryexponent.com. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products, companies, and how we like to think about them as product managers. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. So hey, Jeff, how often do you forget to cancel free trials? <sighs> Shoot, that reminds me. I think I need to cancel some Amazon Prime subscriptions for hand sanitizer. I've got like a garage full of it now. Yeah, I totally get that. It looks like I'm going to have a full year of paid uh, subscription to the Calm app that I tried oh, nice. for this <laughs> for this episode. Yeah, and that brings us to today's episode. So Calm is an app built for helping people with meditation and sleep. And just to get us started, Mike, what is Calm? Yeah, so Calm is a software company. They're based out of San Francisco. Uh, Their main product includes the Calm app, which is available on iPhone and Android. Um, And it has various voice-guided meditations, sleep sounds, sleep stories, which are pretty neat, uh, as well as general health and meditations videos. Uh, I'm always super impressed with the listings of uh, narrators that they have that they've been able to get. So folks like LeBron James, Matthew McConaughey, Kate Winslet, Scottie Pippen, uh, and many more. Uh, it's really cool to hear some of these celebrities, uh, you know, talk through these various voice guided meditations. Any um, um, Samuel L. Jackson or uh, Morgan Freeman yet? Do you know? I feel like that I would pay top dollar to hear Morgan Freeman tell me a bedtime story or like tell me about ways that I could call my mind or, you know, gain some confidence and in the workplace or something like that. I definitely agree. That would be a great pump up two minute Samuel Jackson voice. Um, but as far as I know, I don't know if Samuel Jackson's on the, uh, on comm, but we can, uh, <laughs> we can share that with the, the comm folks and see if they're willing to, to make that addition. But yeah, so, uh, you know, comm, they sell an annual subscription, as I mentioned <laughs> earlier, that, uh, it starts off as a nice seven day free trial. Um, and it goes to $69 per year. Um, so if you do want to try it out before you pay that, you can give that nice uh, seven-day trial. Um, but yeah, that, that's common in a nutshell. Uh, it's just a uh, an app with an annual subscription. Yeah, nice. And I want to talk a little bit about, I guess, how Calm came to be. Um, Calm was actually founded in 2012 by uh, Michael Acton-Smith and Alex Tu. Yeah, fun fact about Alex Tu, Jeff, if I can interrupt you for a second, is uh, yeah. uh, I don't know if you remember the website Million Dollar Homepage. Do you remember that? Um, vaguely familiar. Why don't you just, you know, describe it for the listeners too? Yeah. So, so Alex too, he founded this website, I think in 2009, um, or early, early days of the internet where he auctioned off pixels. So 10 by 10 pixels, um, with the whole goal of just raising a million dollars. Um, he actually did hit his goal of uh, auctioning off all these different pixels on milliondollarhomepage.com, but it's a really brilliant way to, to pay for something. I believe he was trying to pay for college. So it's just definitely definitely paid for college and, and then some. But a cool Man, little that's, way to start your entrepreneurship days if you're Alex. Yeah, too. that's super smart. I'd be interested to see like how ad space and ad tech has kind of gone and grown over the years. What unique ways people have sold ad space. Like I know, for example, there were people that were selling space on their body for tattoos for ads, I think at some point. And so I'm, I'm curious to see you know, what other unique ways and other ways people have done. But yeah, I vaguely remember that concept. You said they auctioned it. So I thought it was a dollar a pixel, but maybe it's more than that. But 
I think it started off as just like uh, like friends and family, like hey, yeah, you know, and then it eventually became uh, auctionable as you built out a product, uh, built out a place that people wanted to see, and you had some buzz around it. So, uh, yeah. but I, I think that's super cool episode. Maybe we can dive into to later just that ad tech. But I do, yeah. I do agree, it's pretty sweet. Totally, yeah, and I, I think there's another thing that's similar where there's like this infinite board, um, and then you have people just coming in and drawing uh, over time, and so you can like look at the board and like. Basically, it's like this one giant Google Doc, but it's like MS Paint instead. And like millions of users are like drawing over people at any one like point in time. I think they did it on Twitch at some point, but it's like kind of a similar idea. Um, but more about Com. So they had actually raised, I think, one and a half million dollars in angel investments in 2017. Uh, and that same year, they generated 22 million in revenue. So pretty good turnaround. And as recently as 2019, they were evaluated at $1 billion and were even invested by, um, you know, different venture capitalist firms such as Astrid Kutcher's Sound Ventures. 2017 was kind of the year for them. They were Apple's app of the year, which, you know, it's a pretty big award to win. And I, I think I recall hearing about Calm sometime in 2018. So that seems to be, at least personally, where it kind of lines up with my personal history with them. And they were ranked one of the fastest growing private companies in 2018. Um, some interesting recent tidbits were that in 2020, HBO Max is launching a series on the Calm app called A World of Calm, which I don't actually think of, or I can't remember any other dedicated series to just one phone app. I mean, like you can think of Facebook as a whole product. You know, there's been multiple movies about Facebook, but I can't imagine, or I don't know of any movies or documentaries around, you know, the Calm app itself. Maybe, I think there might've been one around Flappy Bird, but let me just, I'll have to get back to you <laughs> on that one. This is my first time hearing that. That's wild. So HBO is using the Calm app to deploy Calm specific series. Is that what I'm hearing? No, I think um, I think they are doing a show about Calm the app, like maybe Got their it. meteoric rise. I'll have to look back into it. But yeah, it's pretty cool that there's they're doing a documentary or a series about um, the world of Calm. In, in 2020, uh, we're recording this in late November, but in 20, during the 2020 presidential election, Calm was actually listed as one of the you know persisting main sponsors during CNN's election coverage. And, you know, and what many deemed to be a, a brilliant stroke of genius in terms of marketing, because, you know, this was an election that many people agree was a bit tumultuous and very stressful for a lot of people watching. And, um, you know, there's this constant reminder about the Calm app that you can download and meditate and kind of calm your nerves. I can't think of a better brand sponsorship. Like that was so on point for the Calm team to go after. Like, you know, they, they know the product in and out and they knew like also CNN's product at the time of covering the election, like just like you said, you know, too much of this and stressful election and um, sponsoring that is like is on point for something that's advocating you know, mental health. So I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, totally. I think there have been, you know, in terms of ad space, like there are, have been other instances where you can spend a lot of money floating out a ton of ads, um, but sometimes placement and timing is just will trump you know, the lack of a better word for presidential coverage, but <laughs> no uh, pun intended. Well, well, no pun intended. Well, you know, obviously exceed any expectations. They probably got their money's worth in terms of that ad placement um, and, and the sentiment that they were trying to uh, to go after, which is you know, really brilliant on their part. And then lastly, I know uh, as of recently, this is a personal anecdote. You know, Calm has partnered with um, some healthcare providers and insurance companies like uh, Kaiser Permanente, and they're actually offering one-year premium membership to some members. I know I personally got a year membership of Calm, even though um, I haven't started to dig into it as much as you have. It sounds like so. Um, <laughs> well, mine but, was on accident, as we as we found out the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think when I first started digging into it, I saw LeBron James, and I was just like, oh, cool! Like, what does LeBron James have to say about you know my 
uh, my meditation space or how or how I'd like to use it. Um, but let's dig into who Calm is for. I know there's a lot of interesting tidbits about the mental health space and the personas that they're trying to address. So maybe we should talk about that a bit. Yeah, and I think you kind of started to address it with their marketing strategy, going after a, you know a brand like CNN. CNN is just uh, so ubiquitous. It's across you know it's it's on countless TVs throughout the U.S. Um, you mentioned Kaiser Permanente uh, is a major player in the health insurance market. Um, so what Com is really addressing is just a really interesting and large space. Uh, the U.S. spends roughly 225 billion annually on the mental health market. Um, that's cra- that's a crazy stat to me. And, yeah, that's nice. Uh, and just to think of that in other terms, you know, for every twenty dollars that the U.S. spends and American spends on healthcare, um, one of those dollars goes to mental health. So it's definitely a huge, uh, huge and serious issue for a lot of Americans. I know the uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness they've reported in twenty eighteen that you know one in five of U.S. adults um, they experience some sort of mental illness. Um, that's forty eight million people throughout the U.S. So. You know, who, who Calm is for, I, I would say it's addressing like a, a real need in the market across uh, all of the U.S. Um, so it could be any anyone from mental health advocates to, you know, adults that might need help with sleep or confidence or gratitude or you're in a rut. Maybe you're dealing with anxiety, uh, you know, really, really everyone. And I think that the, the people that Calm uh, really want to go after are the people that uh, have identified that this is something that's holding them back and they want to start addressing that. So it's almost like early adopters of uh, like this mental health technology. Um, so it's super interesting. Yeah, totally. And I, I want to touch a little bit about, um, I got kind of about who Calm is for. And what's really interesting is uh, there are, I feel like there's a big cultural push to be more open and upfront about mental health issues, especially in the current day. I feel like it's definitely been more prevalent in the past few years and before. And it used to be um, that if it's invisible and nobody can tell that you're suffering, uh, then, or having any issues, um, it might not be suffering per se, but just having any sort of mental health issues, then, then people just didn't, didn't think it was there because nobody, you know, it's not a physical thing. They can't see a wound or, you know, they can't measure it. Things of that nature, right? It's really difficult for people to understand what people are going through. And, um, I think even something as simple as sleep, you know, if, um, you don't have to think about mental health in terms of like something as extreme as like suicidal thoughts or anything along those lines, but, I think even just in terms of like people having trouble sleeping, insomnia, um, having things like imposter syndrome at work, like those are things that everybody pretty much goes through, you know, a majority of people will go through at some point. And, you know, those are the people that calm can certainly impact. Just a quick point on that. Like, uh, I love that when you go to the app, like the first thing that you saw was, at least for me, like I'm definitely a huge sports fanatic was. LeBron James and LeBron mm-hmm. James talking about, uh, you know, his take on mental health and how he, uh, you know, uses med- like meditation and just re- guided meditation and all of that just to focus and to elevate his game to the next level. Um, you know, one of the things that he hit on too in his opening, um, one of the opening episodes was that if I could offer you a magic pill that made you perform better, it made you a better husband, a better partner, a better mm-hmm. business partner in all aspects of your life. And it was scientifically proven. You just had to wait eight hours. Would you take that pill? And he's like, that pill is sleep. So if if you're getting really good sleep, really high quality sleep, you're able to take your performance to the next level. And then he also did a little anecdote about um, how he takes a nap before his games, which I thought yeah. was crazy. Um, but it makes total sense to be at your your peak performance. And uh, he was he told a story of like, he woke up at like, the crack of dawn, like five o'clock in the morning before a 10 o'clock game, 
only so he could like do his warm up and then take a two hour nap in the morning, which yeah. I thought was wild. Like that's how important yeah. sleep is uh, to LeBron James. Yeah, and for then, people that are like at the peak of their craft, right? I think you know making sure that every efficiency they can gain is super important. And you see people like LeBron James spending a lot of money um, and a lot of thought into prepping for something like a physical, you know, game like basketball or, you know, the mental aspect of it. What's interesting is that not only LeBron James, but a teammate of his, Kevin Love, uh, who also played for the Cleveland Cavaliers, came out and spoke upon some of the mental health issues that he had and was has been a mental health advocate for some time and talked about mental health issues. Uh, and you're seeing other people do the same thing. I think that Prescott in the offseason did something similar. He's the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I think Hayden Hurst has um, a foundation with him and his mom around um, around mental health. So there's a lot of stuff that's gone on. Uh, and you're seeing a lot of star athletes come out and talk about it where, uh, you know, their sport has been so purely physical for so long, or that's been the perception that they're starting to shift gears and talk a little bit more about mental health. So I think that has, uh, you know, from the top down is helping people, the normal layman start thinking about mental health more uh, when it comes to their daily lives and how they can be at their peak performance as well. Yeah, and definitely. And like peak performance doesn't have to be, you know, like LeBron James in a championship. Points in a game. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it could just be, you know, like the average person just needing to feel normal, you know, and I think that's, yeah. that's totally cool. Is it, all right. You know, it's like everyone has their right. different, different levels. And um, yeah, I definitely appreciate um, all the different apps and uh, ways that folks can start to, you know, find mindfulness. Yeah, absolutely. And let's talk a bit about competitors. I know you um, mentioned them earlier, but uh, some competitors to the calm space or kind of the calm app is obviously number one, traditional meditation practices, whether that's just, you know, being mindful, showing gratitude. Some people have gratitude journals. I think people keep at the end of the day um, or just spending time to, you know, monitor their breathing and think about mindfulness and things of that nature. There are other apps as well that have kind of tried to capture a similar space. Um, Headspace, I think, is one of the bigger competitors to uh, to calm, um, there's stop, breathe, and think, and there's Metatopia. So other other types of meditation practices uh, that are captured in an app type of offering, and then obviously things like meditation books and podcasts and other teachings that um, can kind of teach you how to think about your mental health state and be a little bit more self aware and you know seek help when you when you need it. Yeah, I think it's super interesting. Of like the mindfulness going to apps has allowed it to become you know, be part of that broader story where mental health is getting more and more awareness. Mm -hmm. But it also is like, it's almost part of the problem because you're like going into an app and like you're going into your screens as opposed to just escaping, you know, like you have to be guided through this process. Um, Whereas I think maybe like traditional meditation, you know, it might be like a silent retreat where like you have no, you're not even talking to other people. You're just really 100% inside of your head. Um, So I think that there's definitely that, um, that tension there. I think, I think overall it's really good. It's bringing awareness to this really important space and it's making mental health accessible and normalizing it, um, normalizing getting help to, to, to the masses. But I think that there is that tension of the yin and yang of like forcing people to go through an app. And I only mention that here is cause I, uh, have been a calm, sorry, I've been a headspace user for two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the app and I think that they've really nailed down the gamification in yeah. a Headspace app where mm-hmm. you can create meditation streaks in Headspace. Mm-hmm. And that I was talking to one of my buddies about this and it's almost like anti-meditation where you're like keeping a streak 
on like your phone of like, hey, I did this. I have a 34 You're streak going. You're almost attaching yourself to yeah, exactly. to like a device, right? And it like gives me anxiety if I break that streak or uh, or ruined it or anything like that. And you can see like all these like stats of like how many minutes that you've you've meditated and all of that. So I think it's definitely going in, like going into the weeds um, a little bit. Um, but I think that's that for me. Like just looking at the competitive difference between Calm and and Headspace, the the, the biggest ones that I've um, delineated was that Headspace has that. <laughs> you know, that gamification feel to it where calm is just very simple and it asks asks you like, hey, check in. Like, how do you feel? Do you feel calm? Do you feel nervous? Do you feel stressed? Um, so you can go back and kind of see that history over time. So um, I thought that was an interesting difference between the two. Um, the other like interesting difference I noticed was Headspace was uh, it's, it's a bit of a busier app. It's more of like cartoony type vibe. They have this mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, drawn out cartoons and they even bring that into some videos that are in your guided meditation. Uh, whereas Calm was very like picture oriented where it's this beautiful landscape that as soon as you turn the app on, you see this uh, babbling brook and that, that's what you hear. And then you actually see mm-hmm. people in the app. Um, so it's interesting how the headspace was you know more abstract and then Calm is going more after like these are actual people. And I think that leads right. into Calm's like bigger strategy it looks like with like going after these really big partnerships with people like lebron james or matthew mcconaughey Mm -hmm. yeah totally i I, um i love that you mentioned that like it's it's a very similar product but they're attacking uh, or they're approaching strategically the same space in a different way um and it sounds like you know the biggest thing that calm is trying to go after is how do we i like to use the word normalized and gamify um, and then like the other thing that I think about is habitual, right? People exercise all the time to keep up with their, you know, physical fitness. How do people do the same thing for their mental fitness? And I think that's where kind of calm comes back in. Like, how do we spend five or 10 minutes every day just thinking about what we're grateful for, or, you know, I guess de-escalating some of the anxiety that we might have or, or things of that nature. So, um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. It's definitely a space that, you know, before I think before calm, before headspace, you don't really think about any any tech infused type solutions that are you know catered towards that you mostly think about just meditation in general or you know people just taking a staycation for example or going off and getting a breather or taking a sabbatical like that's that's a traditional way to get some sort of you know mental health um i guess like re-energization uh but this is in a lot of ways a cheaper way and and a more um reliable readily available daily habitual way to do the same thing i think too like like the even just like where calm seems to be fitting in, at least like in my like 14 day trial experience that I've been through right now, it, it definitely seems a little bit more sleep focused mm-hmm. in, in like all the guided meditations. I haven't gone through like the meditations like I have yeah. in the Headspace app, but um, Headspace seems to be more like intentional meditation. It's like, hey, wake up in the morning and then spend like your 10 to 30 minutes just meditating. And like, that's what you're going to do to prep for the day. Mm-hmm. Whereas calm even in the name, it's just like, hey, it's calm. It's going to wind you, help you wind down during the day. And like, let me like come down. It's like, well, because one of the other like stories that I listened to was um, it was actually super calming. Um, it was just Matthew McConaughey narrating like a 29 minute, 30 minute children's story about yeah. <laughs> like some girl. Like, I don't even remember what the story was, but it's so calming. It was like nice with Matthew McConaughey's Southern drawl voice, yeah. you know, walking you through this um this story uh so i think i think that's in, like very stark differences too between the calm and at least common headspace um and like just the, like a point what i was going to make on the 
the com, it feels like it's still hardware limited. Like I love my big can headphones because they're noise canceling and, um, but I can't wear them in bed. Like if I want to like wear right. any kind of headphone in bed, I can't because I'm going to like roll over and it's going to like have his head, like headset, you know, jammed into my ear rather right, than like right. if I'm like intentionally meditating in the morning, I can just put the headphones on and then, um, I'm, I'm in that space. So mm-hmm. I think that's interesting because I, I, I can't play like, like blur my phone at, you know, volume 50% while my yeah. fiance is trying to sleep. Right. Um, so like <laughs> that, that's a whole different uh, story, but I, I think like the, the hardware limitation on calm specifically for sleeping is, is interesting. So let's start getting into our thoughts and maybe we can put a number score on this I, because I think we're starting to dig into a bit more. I'll go first. Cause I think you have a bit more experience with some of the meditation apps and um, you can probably, you know, nail a final review on it. But I think in my mind, like in terms of product market fit, I think I'm really impressed with, you know, Calm and even other meditation apps kind of tackling this mental health space, right? Like it's definitely um, a, a industry and a need that wasn't very well perceived before that people are starting to be a lot more aware of and starting to put some stake into. There's all of a sudden this great need for it. I can't speak much to the pricing because I get it for free with Kaiser. So I, but I think, you know, for a lot of people, um, you know, mental health is something that you definitely, it's worth the money for a lot of people, even if it's just sleep, right? Like you were saying before, like people that gain efficiencies in sleep, it, it pays dividends in other parts of their life as most people see. Um, and you'll see the same thing with productivity apps. I think people will pay top dollar for productivity apps uh, in order to gain a lot of efficiencies at work. Um, and they don't mind sp- spending or paying for a yearly subscription, knowing the kind of benefit or the value they'll get, whether it's time or productivity or whatever. It's the same thing here, right? In terms of mental health, like if you can gain back a lot of efficiencies uh, with your body, how you feel, how you can uh, operate, how you can perform, I think it's kind of worth the money. I like the overall strategy. I think it's really neat that they are getting you know, well-liked and recognizable voices into their platform and product in terms of getting, you know, LeBron James is the big one that we talked about, Matthew McConaughey, uh, getting them into the space. So people are like, oh yeah, I know those people. I follow them. I'm a big fan. I should just check this out. I won't talk too much about customer experience, but I think that the features that we mentioned are, are pretty neat. Like I, right now, it sounds like they focus primarily on the sleep space and they're kind of shifting gears into meditation. And I had actually browsed through the Calm app before and looked at stuff around, there's a series around confidence. And I think you know that goes into both work and imposter syndrome and things like that. There's a lot of different parts of mental health that they can break down and, and that they're going to be able to offer. One thing that I think might be interesting that they might be able to offer is like, Right now, it's a very curated experience, right? They have LeBron James reading stuff to you and they have so-and-so reading stuff to you. What if they offered a marketplace instead, right? Like I was thinking about other voice actors that, this is weird, but I was kind of, my mind was exploring the idea of the ASMR space and then how there's basically, you know, this big market for ASMR right now and people that just like to listen to people that have calming voices and it's in a lot of ways a similar effect. How can those people leverage something like Calm to be able to offer, you know, a meditation app or them reading passages or them doing something that, you know, maybe you want to pair a specific voice with a specific passage to get some effect, right? I've always thought about this before, like, how much could you pay a specific person to read your favorite book? I don't know about you, but I've like, listened through a ton of audiobooks. And if you get a bad voice actor, it completely kills the experience, right? So. I think like how 
how neat would it be to have the same content, but just reread by somebody else? Like, would that be something that's of interest? I think overall, I really like the idea of Calm. I think it's in a really awesome space. It's hard for me to kind of dial in on the pricing because I get it for free um, and I'll have to dig into using it a bit more. But I overall, I think it's a really great idea. I'm going to score it a 4.3. Nice. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll just kick it off with like my, because you hit a lot of the, the same points <laughs> that I wanted to hit in, in my review. I, I'm going to lead it off right, right with my review. I think it's a, you know, a, a pretty high rev- product for me. I was going to say 4.75. Um, wow, nice. I, I really, really like it. It's just everything from like the design, like you go into into the app, it starts auto-playing, very calming noises. They have a great selection of uh, celebrity voices that I think have a good spectrum, uh, or, sorry, go, cuts across the continuum, whether like you're a sports fanatic or if you like actresses or actors or um anyone else. I think it, it covers that ground really well. In terms of pricing, I think that there's just a phenomenal amount of value there. As someone that's gone to, you know, different types of therapy for like years, for like, what is it, like eight years now, just being able to, you know, pay one yearly fee mm-hmm. of 69 bucks rather than, you know, one session <laughs> with a therapist. I think that there's just massive value there. It's totally. definitely not a replacement for like for therapy, but I think it's a great way to just bake this into your process, uh, your practice rather to just continually, yeah. um, improve. Yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah, I- exactly. Yeah. And the overall strategy, I think they're kudos to the marketing team for the CNN sponsorship during the election. I think that was awesome. Customer experience. I, like I mentioned was great. Um, definitely like the features. I, I really like their check-ins before and after every single meditation to see how you felt before and how you felt after. So yeah, 4.75 for me for for Calm. So those are our thoughts um, and we'd love to hear from you. So tell us more about what you think about Calm. Yeah, and if you like the show, um, just be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you find us and let us know what other products you'd like us to review next. All right, we'll see you next episode.